Today I'm interviewing one of my good friends and beauty mentors, Arcee Vartanian of Rubies and Radishes. We're talking about how she found a balance between paleo and convenience that works for her family, advice she has for startup bloggers, and why we both chose to join the safer beauty movement that is Beauty Counter. Welcome back to the show, everybody. I am thrilled to be able to bring a friend on today's show. Her name is Arzi Vartanian, and she is the blogger, recipe developer, and all around got a really great head on her shoulders, wellness pro behind rubiesandradishes.com. She authored the Paleo Slow Cooker Cookbook, which was her first, the Paleo Foodie Cookbook, of which you can find her recipe for a very tasty sardine spread on my website. And the collaborative project, which was the ultimate paleo cookbook. You can find her on the web at rubiesandradishes.com, her books in all of the major bookstores nationwide, and on social media at rubiesandradishes.com. Arzi, I'm so excited to have you on the show today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm thrilled to be here. Oh my goodness, me too. We um I always tend to do this. I like to when I get on the phone with folks that I interview. I like to chat beforehand so, <laughs> to get caught up because I just can't wait to press the record button. So um, it's it's good to it's good to say hi to you again. <laughs> it is, it is. I know it's funny to to do a redo. <laughs> it really is. Okay, awesome. I I was telling RZ that on on our show, as all the listeners know, we kind of fly by the seat of our pants a little bit. So we're getting a good introduction to that. Um, but Arzi, let's go ahead and get started. You can introduce yourself way better than I can. So can you tell folks a little bit more about yourself? Um, I would love to know, you know, why you started Rubies and Radishes and really what your business is all about right now. Sure. Yeah. So I'll try and give you the short version because it's been a long time. I think I started my blog in 2010. So yeah, so I just, you know, I'm always been interested in health ever since I was a teenager. So I had, you know, started eating a vegetarian diet because back then there really wasn't all this information when I was 16. You couldn't just go Google everything. And I ended up having a lot of health problems. And all through my 20s, I was like in and out of doctor's offices and nobody ever had any answers for me. Um, And I, yeah, so I just kind of had learned to live with it. I just had really, really bad headaches and just never had energy. And then I had joined CrossFit, I guess, in 2009 and was there for a while loving the workouts. And we did a paleo challenge and all of a sudden I felt so much better. It was like my headaches were gone and everything. had so much more energy. So, you know, I was just one of those people where I was obsessed with it. And I wanted to tell everybody because I felt like I found everybody's solution. (laughs) Because, you know, I worked in corporate, everybody was basically spent is how I would describe it. Every mm-hmm. single person I knew was so spent, so exhausted, no energy, working too much, eating junk. And um, so, yeah. And so, you know, if anybody's ever worked in a corporate office, usually there's like handy everywhere. Like we mm-hmm. worked with engineers, cupboards full of junk food. So I used to totally binge on that stuff too. And um, it was just so easy. It was right there, especially candy. Mm-hmm. And when I stopped eating all this candy, my coworkers were like, what happened to you? Like, how did you stop eating all this candy? And like, I would not, I would like, once you stop, I don't know. It was just weird. I didn't crave it anymore where I used to be addicted. So anyway, so they were all asking me about it. And then my best friend was like, you need to start a blog. And I was like, no, I'm not going to do that. And she kept bugging me about it. And then I was like, all right, you guys, I'm going to start a blog for, because 
seriously, that I love that paleo is basically like a household term now mm-hmm. because before it was like, what? You're eating what? And they were all so confused by it. So I was like, I'm going to start a blog for 30 days so you guys can just follow along and eat what I eat. So it was super fun. A bunch of my coworkers were following me. And ba- and I started it with the blog name 30 Days of Paleo because that's all I was going to do. Okay. And yeah, and then I just loved it. It was so fun. Like I just really, oh my gosh, I don't, hopefully you can't access my old blog posts. They're so bad. Like <laughs> I, I was, totally want to Google it right now. <laughs> I know. I'm like, hopefully I like took them down. I don't even know if I did, but the photos and stuff were so bad. But um, <laughs> we, all, we all have to start somewhere. I've been there. I, exactly. And I think actually that's great business advice. Just do it. And then you evolve. If you look at most bloggers, really old posts, most of our pictures were really bad. Awful. And we just, <laughs> awful. Right. And we just yes. learned and we're like, oh, we're really into this. We better get better at it. But um, yeah, so it was really fun. So then I just wanted to change the name. And I really actually wanted to change the name is at that point, my diet was evolving. I didn't really want to pinpoint myself to paleo, although that is still the basis of how we eat. But I wanted to be able to include dairy and rice and stuff in my recipes. And yes, I went with rubies and radishes because that was just something. It was more of a personal name. Um, kind of, and I wanted to incorporate lifestyle stuff. And it's worked really well for me because now I've been able to incorporate things like beauty counter and DIY recipes. But yeah, so the radishes is because I'm Armenian and radishes are, I mean, we put radishes on the table like every night. They're kind of used as a palate cleanser. And then, yeah, and then rubies because my wedding ring is a ruby because I think it describes me well because I'm not, you know, I'm not a diamond girl, I feel like, but I'm not conventional enough for a diamond, but I'm also not conventional enough to not get married or have a ring. Does that make sense? <laughs> yes. So yeah. So anyways, and I love rubies. So that's just kind of how my blog evolved and I was doing it as a hobby and I worked in high tech and I just, it just kind of started to grow and I wanted to do something different after I had my daughter. It was really hard having that demanding career and commuting and yeah. And I was able to just kind of make it into my job and it's been really fun. Oh, that's awesome. I love hearing the name. I had no idea the story behind your name. That's great. Thanks. Makes me want to put radishes on the table tonight. (laughs) (laughs) I know. I love raw radishes. I don't know if everybody's really into that. (laughs) They're kind of spicy, but I love them. I love them too. We grew up eating them. Um, I just reach into the refrigerator and just munch on them. Oh, you would? Oh, how fun. Mm -hmm. That's so funny. Well, that's awesome. A really great backstory. And I really do love what you said about just kind of go for it. Just go ugly early. I say a lot on the show. Um, I love that ugly and early. That's perfect. I love that. Right. You know, um, I was having a conversation with somebody, oh goodness, a couple days ago who was who's trying to get started on her blog um, and doesn't really know which direction to go, maybe what to name it, what the content should be. And I told her, I said, you know what, girl? Because I'm a type A person and I I like to have everything lined out. And when you start on a new venture, it's kind of impossible. It is. You know, because you don't know where it's going to take you. You know, you started with a totally different name and mission at first. Um, And I said, I sat, I had my name nine months, maybe a year before I actually posted my first blog post because I couldn't get it figured out. And then it's changed and evolved so much over time. And that can be really scary, but... You don't know what not to do until you try it. Absolutely. And it just evolves with you until you find your voice and figure out what it is you're doing. And as things change in your life, your content evolves too. You know, your focus changes. So yeah, I totally agree with you. Just do it. I love your name. I feel like it's so perfect. It's like catchy. It's 
describes what you're up to. I love it. It's such a good name. Oh, thanks. Yeah. At the end of the day, I just want everyone to remember that you don't have to go hungry. You can stay stay fed and still be fit. So I'm like, I'm still what I named it. I chose the name seven years ago and I'm like, I'm still really passionate about it. So I think that means Right. Yeah. It really is true because I think most people believe that to be fit, you have to basically starve yourself. So I think it's, it's a perfect name and it kind of goes against that popular thinking. Mm-hmm. That's so true. Although I do feel a little hypocritical right now because I'm hungry <laughs> I'm <talking to> you <laughs> because it's we're recording this around around my lunchtime. We're on different time zones, but that's funny. <laughs> um, just, you know, in, in complete transparency, I can't help myself. Okay, next question. Um, okay, so I wanted to chat with you because I this is something that you do a really incredible job of, the fact that you incorporate dairy and rice into your recipes, for example, um, and you also bring in some wellness, lifestyle perspectives to your blog um, and across your social media platforms. You know, for so many people, I think we're getting closer and closer to um, it being more commonly understood that it's not about the perfect plan. It's about finding what works for you and your family that matters most, right? Because there isn't one solution that's going to be magically fit everybody, Absolutely. Um, right? And that, that doesn't just span diet and exercise, but also just lifestyle habits. So I think that you really, you, you speak to that perspective really, really well. Um, and, you know, whatever that perfect formula of health and convenience is, for different folks and different families. Can you tell folks a little bit about how you've struck that balance for you and your family across all those different avenues, food and household products and skincare type things? Absolutely. And you know, it's actually really evolved for me because I did start out at this very extreme, like really strict. I started out for quite a long time eating a super strict paleo diet, like, Mm -hmm. you know, like just yeah, like no dairy, like nothing. And just, um, making everything from scratch. Like I would always soak, dehydrate my nuts. And I mean, I think there's a lot of value in those things, but you, like you said, you have to find the balance, but I did everything like to the T, make your own sauerkraut, make your own kombucha. And you know, that worked for me at that time because I wasn't a mom yet. Uh, Mm -hmm. my life was really just, I would go to CrossFit, go to work, um, and get good rest and do all these fun DIY projects and hang out with my friends. Like it was just perfect. And it worked so great at that time. And I really enjoyed it. And I got to learn a lot about these things. Um, but I found as I became a mom, I really was trying to still adamantly stick to those things. And I really did through Indiana's first year of life, but it got to a point where it was starting to stress me out. Mm -hmm. And I started to understand that having stress over these things is also not helpful, you know? Yeah. So it's like, yeah, I'm like just stressing out to do everything perfect. And it's so funny. One of my friends, Orlitha jokes with me, is like, RC, you have to write a post called, um, why I quit keeping up with the crunchies, <laughs> and, which is really what happened to me because I was really on this super extreme, like everything had to be really, really clean. And, um, but I had to find balance because I found that as, and it actually even worked when Indiana was one because we had this really, mellow pace of life. She just snapped. I did these things, whatever. But um, as she got older and were more on the go, I felt like, okay, I have to find a balance. Like all these things that used to be fun to me are now items on my to-do list. Mm -hmm. So kind of some of the things is I really don't make my own bars anymore. Sometimes I do with Indiana because it's fun, but I do like, it's great. There's lots of great bar options on the market now. And I do have yeah, it's so good. And it's like so awesome because I feel, you know, when we first started eating this way, 
there were not so many options. So you kind of had to do everything yourself. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so I stock up on good bars. So when we are like running out to the park or something, I have something in my purse if she gets hungry. So that's kind of something we do. We like the, um, it's, it's like, it's by Cliff Bar, but it's not their Cliff Bar. It's like the Kits Organic. Yeah. It's, yeah, so we do those a lot. She likes those. She likes um, Epic Bars. And um, I, I just saw Lara Bar does an organic now. I haven't, because um, I, I used to not buy those because I prefer to give her organic nuts and fruits. But mm-hmm. so I saw that they have organic bar now. I haven't tried it yet. So I that's kind of. Yeah, I was surprised. Somebody just showed it to me. So that's super cool. And that's just great, too, to see that the market is demanding organic so much that, you know, everything is really trying to shift towards that. Mm -hmm. And then just I don't make my own sauerkraut anymore. We're super lucky. Farmhouse kraut is actually from Santa Cruz. So we just buy raw organic kraut from them. That's awesome. Yeah, so they're always in all of our stores, and they're even at our farmer's market. So, um, yeah, so I've just kind of started doing things like that where it might cost me a little bit more, but it saves me time and stress and kind of the things that I used to make all buy in the food department. Like, I even – this one I know I really should make mayo because it takes two seconds. But now, I mean, uh, Primal Kitchen Mayo is in my grocery store. It's so (laughs) awesome. I'm like – Oh, I really shouldn't buy this ten dollar mayo. It like cost me like nothing to make in two seconds. I'm like, it's right here. I'm just throwing it in the cart. And it's fun to support companies that are doing such great things. It's so true. I totally identify with you on that one. I've made um for this for my book that's coming out, we've got I've got a great mayo recipe in there and it's made with based on avocado oil, which is similar to Mark Sisson's primal yeah. kitchen mayo. And I had one day because of all these sauces and marinades, for whatever reason, I scheduled them all on one day that were <laughs> mayo based. And I had to make like eight batches of mayo. <laughs> and at the end of the day, I still needed one more batch. And I was oh. like, I can't do it. I can't. I'm so done. I can't do it. Someone go get me a jar of mayo. That's so funny. Oh my goodness. But it's good stuff. It is. Oh yeah. Their mayo is great. And that's how I make mine too with avocado oil. And I'm like, uh, I'm just buying it. It's mm-hmm. just, you know, all those two second things add up when you're busy. Cause it's like, yes, I'm a mom. I work and I, yeah. And it's, and I do try and do those things with my daughter when I can, cause I want her to learn, but yeah. I don't obsess over it anymore where I honestly used to be obsessed over it. Cause this has been my year of self care. So I've just decided um, anything that's going to make my life easier, I just go with it. And it's just been, it's been great. Like I feel better. I'm n- not as stressed. I feel like I have more time to do fun stuff. And yeah, so that's kind of where we balanced on the food is kind of, yeah, just going with for those healthy convenience foods sometimes. And then also not stressing my daughter out. You know, I really was really first couple of years of her life. Like I really was super adamant and about the way I fed her. And it's great because that's really, she's almost four now and she's still as happy to eat liver. She's happy to eat sardines. But to be honest, some days I let her eat organic cornflakes, which I thought I would never do. But I'm like, hey, at least it's with raw milk. She's getting some nutrients. <laughs> and you know, the ingredients aren't bad. It's corn and honey. Yeah. But but they're just, those are things that my, earlier in my paleo journey, I was like, I would never, you know? And now <laughs> it's like, I'm like, sure, have it, you know, and it's just, I don't want her to feel stressed and I don't ever give her junky food, but there are a lot of better alternatives of junky food now. And so I am a little bit looser about those things. And I feel like it works great for our family. Cause I mean, even if you read my Instagram and profile, it says I try my best. Sometimes my kid eats pate and sometimes she eats cornflakes and that's okay. (laughs) 
I love it. I love it. Well, you know, and I think that you're speaking to a really important point that's often missed. And that is some, some folks either have to be all in or all out. Yeah. You know, and I think that you're, it's like, it's a very valuable middle ground to be aware of that you can, you know, just because maybe you decided that, you know, totally homemade DIY, super duper crunchy paleo, um, it just it just doesn't fit right now. This lifestyle that doesn't fit. It's not it's not doable. It causes more stress, which is exactly. probably more damaging to health than anything else. Um, but there's a middle ground, and you can make some concessions that aren't as bad as others. We eat we eat a good deal of organic popcorn and um, <laughs> and and dairy over here. I recently discovered sheep's milk yogurt that. Ooh. That I tolerate way better um, oh, than, than cow's milk. But, you know, it's just kind of you got to figure it out and tow yourself along and not feel like you have to throw the baby out with the bathwater when you feel overwhelmed. You can just make some adjustments. Exactly. Like I think it is helpful to start with like a one-month clean eating and then, mm-hmm. then try stuff from there and loosen up. Because I found that I was trying to do it long-term that what people would do for 38, 30 days and it does get hard. You know, it's just, yeah. So we're on the same page with that. That's awesome. Well, that's great. Okay. Well, I, um, speaking of sort of adjustments and finding middle ground, I know I'm kind of jumping around. No worries. <laughs> I sent RZ some questions and, uh, I like to, I like to scatter my brain all over. <laughs> I'm just like that. So it works perfect. <laughs> okay, good. Um, well, it brings up another important thing that I want to touch on. So I went DIY skincare for almost two years and and it worked it worked well for me i just got to a point though where um well first i i think my skin really needed something extra because my face i was doing oil cleansing for almost 2 years and the no poo um hair care where you wash your hair you know with baking soda and then you rinse it with apple cider vinegar it's not as gross as it sounds if this is the first <laughs> time you're hearing about it <laughs> but and i've got some write ups on my website if you're curious to learn more about the science why but um, it worked well, but my skin started to get really dry. I wanted more products. Um, I started to, I am now in my thirties and it's something like my skin, my body's just changing in general. And it's a, I know it's a slow transition, but, um, I just wasn't ready for it. I am still somewhat of a conventional girl, uh, deep down. And so I was tired of having mason jars in my, in my shower <laughs> all the time. Oh yes, I totally get it. <laughs> you know, and I was ready for something else. And sort of that middle ground that I struck a balance was something that you were very much involved in. Um, RZ sent me, and y'all have heard me talk about Beauty Counter all re- before, and we can talk a little bit more about it on the show, but um, she reached out to me and she's like, Hey, I've just got some samples and I wanted to send them your way. If you'd like some, I just think you might like them. She was super sweet and I tried them and I fell in love. And I think you just included this, um, face wash sample in that, uh, package you sent me just, I don't know, on a whim, but yeah, I just, I really, really fell in love with it. And I, those little bitty tubes, Arzy, I made them last two weeks. You did? Oh my goodness. (laughs) I did. I rationed them. And I, in two weeks, I already noticed a difference in my skin. It felt more supple. I did more research on the ingredients and I felt really good about them because um, an episode that I recorded two back, I think it was episode number 63, I covered the five toxic um, beauty ingredients that I avoid. 
Oh, cool. I'll you know, listen to that. Yeah. And there's, there's more on the list, but I tried to keep it to maybe the most egregious, yeah. you know, offenders. Right. Um, and, and beauty counter didn't include any of those plus many, many, many more. Um, and that does not to say that it's totally natural product. It's not, but it, it has conventional results without really me having to throw myself, um, you know, into the toxic goop <laughs> world again. Um, so that was a middle ground that I kindly, I finally struck, you know, I was tired of mixing my shampoo every morning yes. and doing those things. And I was ready for something that made me feel like a modern day girl without maybe modern day consequences. Um, so Anyways, I would love to hear your thoughts on Beauty Counter and maybe why you that piqued your interest and you are you so know so much more about it than I do um, at this point. So any insights you'd like to share with folks? Sure, yeah. I mean, honestly, my story is exactly the same as yours. I know pooed for six months and it just, it, that didn't work for my hair. But I did oil cleanse and I still do oil cleanse and actually I love Beauty Counter's cleansing balm. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, I was DIYing everything. I was making my exfoliator and it was part of that whole thing I was mentioning earlier with the food. It was just like starting to stress me out DIYing everything all the time and um it, it, you know, it started out as this fun thing for me and it was starting to not get fun. And I, so I was looking for something and I was just looking for something that was safe. And honestly, I'm going to be totally honest. I don't know. It might sound shallow. I'm a girly girl. I like pretty products. Like yeah. it's fun, you know? So, so I had been looking and I've, I'm a huge fan of environmental working groups, healthy living app and their website. I think they're an incredible incredible organization doing just really great work. And I've used them for a long time. I know not everybody in the paleo field feels like their green is their green zone. They're like what they label one to two is that they believe is safe mm -hmm. is, um, is clean enough because it, it, their model is not so, so clean. You could eat it. It's just stuff that has safety data and is okay to put on our skin mm -hmm. because they're really trying to work with the masses. And I appreciate that because I do feel like that's where change comes. And I've also been looking for something because a lot of the really crunchy brands I was using, I couldn't recommend to, or I was recommending to my um, girlfriends and my friends that are not, you know, it's mostly my blogger friends that lived the extreme I did and they were like, oh, that's not really what I'm looking for, but I don't want something that has junky ingredients. So mm -hmm. a blogger out of Colorado reached out to me and, you know, she wrote about the beauty counter mission and I'll share that with you guys in a minute. And then I clicked the link to the products. I'd never even heard of it. And I was like, oh, these products are so pretty. I really want to try them. And I looked them up on EWG and they were all in the green. And that's actually hard to find too because many brands have some products in the green, but they don't stay like some brands have products in the green, but then they have products like in the high orange, you know? So, mm -hmm. um, so I was like, okay, most, almost all their products are in the green. I think they have one that's a three and everything else is a one and a two. So I was like, oh, I would totally want to try this. And I tried it. And then just like you, I like love the products. I felt like it's exactly what I needed. And then another thing was I was really trying to focus on self-care. And I felt like I love my like time in the bathroom now at the end of the day, it's just 10 minutes, but it's just time to unwind after I put my daughter to bed and pull out my pretty bottles and my beauty counter products. You know, it's just, it's fun. Like to me, like pulling out my coconut oil out of a jar and stuff just didn't have that same mental experience for me. It's so, so true. Right? Yes. Yeah. So it was kind of when I was finding that balance in my life and I feel like I've been able to encourage so many people to switch to safer, being able to offer them something that 
feels and performs like the conventional products they're used to, but without the toxic ingredients. So, um, yes, I could tell you guys a little bit about Beauty Counter and the mission they're on. Um, do, do you want to add No, that's great. Yeah. Tell, tell folks about Beauty Counter. That would, you can say it better than I can. Okay, perfect. So, um, yeah, they're just a great company, and that's another reason I wanted to partner with them. They're just, they're very mission driven. They're really on a mission outside of themselves, outside of selling their own products. Their mission is to get safe products into the hands of everyone. And by that, they don't actually mean beauty counter products. They really just want products to be safe. They want mm-hmm. other companies to follow the same example that they're doing. And what they're doing is, doing very strict screening, very, uh, the ingredients they use, you know, they review all the available data. They only use ingredients that have safety data and they will sometimes even commission their own research if they have to, but they really vet through the research. They have a director of health and safety. They have a director of science. And I got to spend time with their director of science at the environmental working groups, fundraising dinner. She was amazing. She's a hormone disruption researcher from Tufts school of medicine. So oh my you know, gosh, you're yeah. like the perfect person for that position. Yes, and she's so informed. And her job is to vet all the ingredients and make sure they are safe. And then another thing they do that is so cool that I have not been able to find another company that does is they test all the they test and they test the products for contaminants and especially the makeup because mm-hmm. makeup is really high in heavy metals. Um, UC Berkeley did a study I, a couple years ago and they found. Um, Gosh, okay, I don't want to get the numbers wrong, but I think it was like 23 out of 25 or something like that. It was a really high number, and commercial brands they tested were had levels of lead and heavy metals that were considered um, on the unsafe side, especially with Mm -hmm. lipstick. It was lipstick that they were studying because we apply and we reapply, and it's in our on our lips, so we're ingesting. So color cosmetics in general can be problematic in heavy metals, even actually mineral makeup. Mineral makeup can even be more of a problem because not that these companies are doing it intentionally, especially these mineral makeup companies that want to do better. It's that the heavy metals are prevalent in the earth and they're just hitching a ride with the makeup. So um, Beauty Counter tests color cosmetics for heavy metals three times before each batch, during formulation, and after formulation. That's amazing. I had no idea. Yeah, isn't that cool? So it's like, so they're testing to make sure it's impossible to get conventional makeup with no heavy metals, but they're testing to make sure that it's the lowest amount possible in there. So um, so that's why when we run out of stock too, and it's hard to predict for a small company that's growing so fast when things are going to run out of stock, it takes us a while to get stuff back in because the screening and testing progress process is so rigorous. So that was really, like, I just was really blown away by the effort they put on the science side. So what, like Kelsey said, they're not a 100% natural company. They We do use about 80% natural ingredients, but we do also use synthetic ingredients, but synthetic ingredients that have human safety data, which mm-hmm. you'd be surprised very little ingredients have human safety data. Like since World War II, we've introduced 80,000 chemicals into commerce and only experts say that only 10 to 20% have human safety data. But... The tricky thing is in the U.S., we are very under-regulated, and I'm not a very pro-regulation person, but this industry is incredibly under-regulated. We haven't passed a major law in the skincare industry since 1938, and um, we only ban 11 ingredients while (laughs) 
Yeah, crazy, right? It's surprising because we're actually such an overregulated country mm-hmm. that you would it's surprising to hear that. And the European Union bans almost 1,400 ingredients out of their beauty products. So um, so when you look at those numbers that there's 80,000 chemicals that are um, used in commerce, only 10 to 20% have safety data and we only ban 11. That meaning we have a ton of ingredients in our beauty products that have no human safety data that, you know, that are used in everyday products. And women, the average woman applies 12 to 20 products before she even leaves her house. So oh my goodness. Yeah, really crazy. And the skin's our biggest organ and we're really starting to see more research indicating that it is a huge deal. It's as important as what we eat because um, it gets through into our bloodstream. I mean, we've seen studies where they test the cord blood of babies and it's getting through the placenta and babies are born with, out of the 400 chemicals they tested, it was like, I think like two, it was over 200. I think it was like 267 were in their cord blood, not just the 400 they tested for. So, um, yeah, so it's a huge deal what we're putting on our skin. And just one more study for you guys. This was just in March. This one was so shocking to me because I thought I was already really aware of a lot of this stuff and I didn't think it would work. I mean, I'll just tell you and then we could comment on it. But UC Berkeley did a study where they had teen girls take uh, for three days, re- swap out their conventional products for safer alternatives. Mm-hmm. And in three days, the level of hormone-disrupting chemicals in their system went down by 45%. Holy moly. Yeah, right? Aren't you shocked? Like in three days. I thought I like got how unsafe this stuff was, but I was like, oh my goodness. So yeah, so we're seeing this more and more. We're seeing um, that this is a big impact on our health. And um, another really cool thing about Beauty Counter is is that they're really our voice in Washington. Mm. They are there lobbying. They were just there. If you guys follow Real Food Liz, she was there with Beauty Counter, taking meetings with senators and and just doing some really impactful work. Into you know, and I know that myself included, a lot of us in that are in the health world are not really pro-regulation because we obviously don't like things like uh, people telling us we can't drink raw milk. Mm-hmm. And uh, But I do see that, there, you know, this is a little bit of a different issue for me because it is so under-regulated and 70 to 80% of America, I, I do believe that real change comes from consumers, but 70 to 80%, this is like research shows that 70 to 80% of Americans have no idea that products are unsafe. They believe everything on the shelf is safe or it wouldn't be there. So I think it would be a long time before consumers made that change. And the other issue there is that this stuff is going down our drains and into our environment, you mm-hmm. know? So I do believe that we do need to um, have some sort of, some, you know, just some sort of awareness going on. And the big thing with Beauty Counter being in D.C., is not necessarily even passing laws is that the awareness it brings to people when we see these conversations happening with our legislators, you know? So, um, so yeah, so that was kind of, kind of like the big things about beauty counter that really drew me in. And I just fell in love with the products and what the company was doing. And it's a female owned, um, female owned female executives. And they're just the most authentic, transparent, passionate group of women just doing really awesome work. So it's just been great to partner with them and help them grow this business because it's really young. It's only three years old. So that's incredible. I mean, it really has been a wild ride. I fell in love. I fell in love first with the, to be honest, I fell in love first with how the products worked because I wanted something that worked. Absolutely. As a consumer. And then, um, 
I have to put packaging in there just so you don't feel like you're alone. (laughs) (laughs) It's true. It matters. Um, and then, and then I fell in love, of course, shortly after that was, was the, were the ingredients. Um, and the fact that I felt really good about the ones that were in the list and I knew them beauty counters never list has like, I correct me if I'm wrong, RC, but 1500 ingredients that they'll never put into their products. Absolutely. So even more than the European union that they don't use. Amazing. Um, and, and the ones that I was most concerned about were on that list. That's great. Um, That's great. Yeah. And so those were those two reasons. But since I got more involved into the company and I decided to partner with them as well as a consultant, um, which you guys, if you listen to the show, you know that I've been doing that now for a little while. And I've got a review list on my website, a beauty counter tab where I'm talking about all the different products that I'm trying and giving you my honest thoughts on them. Um, I've fallen in love just like RC said with the mission behind this company. Um, and it's really, really, it's putting boots to the ground on something that I think that those of us, and I don't remember if we said it on the show or before the show, so many of us when we're in this, this crunchy world, um, you know, and, and everyone's kind of up to speed on good food and fitness and wellness practices, sleep and hydration, um, skincare naturally becomes a part of the conversation. And, you know, we're familiar with the context, but aside from just going onto our blogs and talking about it, there's not a whole lot of action um, happening past, you know, reaching a broader market. And I'm really am blown away by the efforts made by Beauty Counter. And it really is a wonderful, transparent company and one that I'm really, really proud to put my name next to. Um, so yeah, I feel, I feel the same way. Like it, you know, it is, it's like, I feel really proud to talk about this company and help them move forward with their mission. Mm-hmm, definitely. Well, brilliant introduction. <laughs> That was really, really wonderful. Um, And do you have any advice for somebody who's maybe looking to get started or is curious to learn more about Beauty Counter? Um, I'm I'm asking Arcee these questions, you guys, because she's the one who worked with me. (laughs) So you're hearing it more. You're hearing it from the horse's mouth. Um, But any advice you have for somebody who's interested in learning more or becoming more involved in Beauty Counter or just looking to get started? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I honestly, okay, to be completely honest, this is the best job I've ever had. I've worked for Fortune 500 companies. I've written cookbooks. I've blogged. I mean, I love my blog and all that. I really love sharing information that way. But it's been so much fun because I actually hadn't intended to do um, in live events, you know, local events. But one of my friends joined and she's not a blogger and she started doing events. So I started going with her and it was so fun. It's been so fun to get out from behind my computer, connect with different women in my community. I've met so many women that I probably would not have crossed paths with and just share that information. Because like I said earlier, 70 to 80% of people believe their products are safe. So when I give a beauty counter talk, I mean, just the faces in that room and I'm mostly talking to moms and I know now they're going to go home and make safer choices for their children. And what's so amazing about a beauty counter event is that we're not there just to sell you beauty counter products. It's not a sales event. It's like so educational. And I tell people that I'm like, if you, if you don't buy a thing here and if you just leave here and pay attention to your ingredients and, um, make safer choices, I'm happy. And often people yeah. do buy stuff because like you said, the branding is so awesome and the products work. So, and what else I love about it is that, you know, I've 
been able to connect with so many amazing women through blogging, but now it's given me an opportunity to connect with other women too that are not bloggers, but are really health conscious. They don't really want to start a blog. They're often too busy. It's an amazing, most amazing job for moms because um, it's great. Like they work it around their kids' schedules. So if you're a health conscious mom and want to really do something, but you want to be able to earn some income and just be more involved in a health community. So it's been really fun. So a lot of the women on my team are not bloggers. I mean, I have a few great bloggers on my team that I get to work with, like Cassie and Liz. And I have a lot of local friends and even women that have joined through my blog. So it's been really funny. Funny. It's been really fun (laughs) working with them and empowering them to become entrepreneurs. But like wellnesspreneurs, like entrepreneurs in the, is that a word? I don't know. I like it. (laughs) It just came out in the the wellness world. And so it's been really fun. And Beauty Counter is a really young company, but growing like crazy, like, um, I think growing about 300% a year. So, and just really being noticed by huge companies and the work they're doing, you know, it's, we have a partnership with Target coming out in September where it's going to be one of them. I'm so excited because I'm a huge fan of Target, but Mm -hmm. it's, um, it's one of those, I don't know if you guys have ever seen just those limited edition partnerships Target does usually with like really cool on-trend brands. It's just like a small line of their products and, and then for a limited time, but Target asked Beauty Counter because they're like, we've never done this with a beauty brand, but we think we're, you're doing some really cool stuff. Can you just come into our stores for a few short weeks? And that's going to be bring, so you know, cool. so cool. And consultants always ask, is this going to hurt my business? I'm like, absolutely not. This is going to blow up your business because it's not about the people that are going to be buying at Target because the quantities are limited. The SKUs are limited. It's about the people that are going to be seeing this at Target and be like, whoa, what is this? And when you say that's what you do, they're going to be like, oh my gosh, I saw that at Target. So um, yeah, so it's just great. It's just a really awesome company. So if anybody is really interested in starting a job in wellness but doesn't want to start blogging, and Cassie and I were talking about this before the call, blogging is not like a way to, (laughs) if you want to do it as a job, I don't recommend it. You just do it because you're passionate because it's Mm -hmm. so much work and it's not really a big um, income earning activity. But um, this is very eloquently put. (laughs) Yes. So, yeah, and, 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 and you know, so I've been really about self-care this year, and this has actually been a big part of it because I don't have to work as much, and the work I do is really fun. It's laid back. So, yeah, it's I can go off on it all day because I really love it. So if anybody has questions, reach out to Cassie and, or myself, and we'll help you answer them. And if you want to get started, it's been been super fun. I really recommend it. Yeah. And if you ask me a question that I don't have the answer to, you know, I'm going to be calling RC. So. Yes, exactly. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, reach out to us. We'll help you. I the questions. But, no, Cassie's been doing great. You've learned a ton. It's just that I've been doing it longer. And it just, I'm, we were talking about this before the call too. I'm just like kind of just do and you'll learn. And I just started doing and I just started figuring it out. And now that I've been doing it for over a year, that's why I know what I know. I didn't like actually jump in and learn all this stuff because that's just not how I work. But mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, I just learned as I went and it's been really fun. So we'd love to see more people in the health community join us and spreading this mission and awareness. Yeah, totally. And like you said, you know, if someone's listening and you're thinking this might be something that you're interested in, know that this isn't like RC said, this this isn't just a call to bloggers or people who are aspiring bloggers. This can be anybody. Um, so that's wonderful. Well, I hate to take up more of your time, RC, but we covered a whole lot on today's we show. Did. <laughs> 
Thank you so much. This has been wonderfully informative in very selfish ways. I really just invited you on too because I wanted to talk with you. <laughs> that was really fun. Thank you so much for having me. Oh my gosh. It's totally been a pleasure. Remember everybody, you can find RC her three books. I'll go through them one more time and we're going to link up to all of these in the show notes so you can just go straight to the website, uh, fedandfit.com and click on all of her links. But she's got the Paleo Slow Cooker Cookbook, Paleo Foodie Cookbook and the Ultimate Paleo Cookbook. And then you can find her home on the web at rubiesandradishes.com and then also on social media at the same name. Thank you again so much for joining me. Um, And if you have questions for her, feel free to leave those in comments on the show notes and I'll be sure to make sure that um, she gets all the notes. So thank you so much, RC, again. Hey, thank you. Talk to you soon. Okay, bye-bye.